When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. is in the books. We're going to talk about that on today's episode. But first, I want to tell you that today's show is brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento. Whether it's leak detection, water line repair, plumbing repair, bathroom plumbing, New Works is a full-service plumbing solution. No matter how small or how large your plumbing problem, New Works has a fix for you. Just go to newworksplumbing.com. That's N-E-W. WRX Plumbing for all of your plumbing needs and services. So the Sacramento Kings spent the fourth pick in yesterday's draft on Keegan Murray, the second-year player from Iowa. I was amazed at how many people were like, what on earth are the Kings doing? Now, in all fairness, there were many fans that were happy with the selection, but there was an alarming number that were not happy and a couple of things that came to my mind, and first is, do you really know who Keegan Murray is? I don't. In other words, I heard of him. I'm not an expert. I wasn't watching a lot of Big Ten basketball this past winter. I certainly wasn't watching the Iowa Hawkeyes. Yes, I'm aware they won the Big Ten championship, but that is not something that gravitated me towards my television to watch You know, the Big Ten play. That's just me. So I'm not going to sit here and sound like I'm an expert on Murray, the newest member of the Sacramento Kings. But I find it odd, and I did a radio show in Sacramento for 26 years, and I can count the number of times on my hand that I would get questions regarding college basketball. So how many of those negative comments came from a point of knowledge, a point of education, a point of, gee, I watched him play a lot, and I think the Kings should have taken Ivy instead of Murray, right? Because you got brainwashed by all of the talk surrounding Ivy, that he's going to be a big star this, big star that. I don't have a crystal ball any more than you do. Time will tell. Maybe he will. But the Kings took a player that seems to me, based on everything that I've read, is going to be a good fit and a good player in the NBA. But, you know, don't leave it to me. Let me give you some of the things that are out there currently and what's being said about the king's newest player now to be fair not everything that i read was 100 percent positive there were a couple of things that stuck out to me and you know what would be an nba draft without nba draft grades right such as cbs sports 
They gave the Kings a grade of a B, and they said while Murray is a prospect that was clearly tremendous at the collegiate level, our CBS Sports NBA draft experts don't necessarily love the selection for Sacramento as it received a grade of B. They said this, I like Murray, but it's not what I would have done. I would have taken Jaden Ivey, but he made it crystal clear he didn't want to be there. I don't think that is enough to explain not taking him, but I do understand where the Kings were going with this move. Murray was a tremendous player this season, the second best college basketball player in the country. And again, once again, the grade was a B. Now, if you've listened to me over the years, you know that draft grades drive me crazy. But I'm going to read some of the comments after the Kings selected Keegan Murray. Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer, he did great at B-. We've got our second surprise inside the top four. Keegan Murray is a king. You have to wonder whether Sacramento could have traded down and gotten something from another team while still taking Murray. Teams have been lining up for the number four pick for a long time. I wonder if there was something from Indiana at number six or San Antonio at number nine. We don't know all the details. While there might have been some higher upside prospects on the board, Murray is a terrific fit alongside DeMontis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox. Kyle Irving, not Kyrie Irving. Kyle Irving from the Sporting News, B+. He wrote, this pick was long expected to be produced Jaden Ivey, but instead the Kings go with Murray. Murray adds a level of defensive versatility that Sacramento could use in its front court, and his efficient and effortless three-level scoring will fit nicely with playmakers, playmakers like Fox and Sabonis. I still think the Kings should have taken the best player on the board here, but they certainly fill a need by drafting a forward like Murray. Again, I told you about CBS Sports, Gary Parrish and Kyle Boone. Again, I hate talking about grades, but I'm doing that just for sake of conversation. They gave it a B. John Fanta from Fox Sports, B+, wrote, after earning Big Ten All-Freshman Team Honors in 2021, Murray rocketed into becoming one of college basketball's best players as a sophomore. He took what appeared to be a retooling Iowa program and powered Fran McCaffrey's Hawkeyes to the program's first Big Ten tournament championship since 2006. Murray uses his 6'8-inch frame to his advantage. He combines size with a smooth level of body control to be a difficult force to stop on the go. The Iowa native was as efficient as any player in college hoops this past season and proved he could score in a variety of ways. Defensively, there's room for improvement for Murray, and he won't be confused as a great passer. But in a scoring-driven league, the area of Murray's game is going to translate at the next level. The Kings need perimeter shooting, and Murray fits that mold to a T. They shot 34% from the floor last year, so this addresses a need. He fits well potentially with De'Aaron Fox, but is he the fourth best player in this draft? Not so sure about that. Ricky O'Donnell, SB Nation, grade C. Keegan Murray is going to be a good NBA player for a long time. At 6'8", 220, Murray can rip three-pointers off movement, score in transition, and play solid team defense. At the same time, he feels like more of a high-floor pick than a high-ceiling pick, and the Kings need all the upside they can get. Jaden Ivey was the best player on the board, and the Kings didn't take him because of his fit with De'Aaron Fox. Drafting for fit is the wrong move for almost every team. 
Sacramento hasn't made the playoffs since 2006 in large part because they are so inept in the draft. The Kings once passed on Luka Doncic, take Marvin Bagley. Somehow they've made another blunder by overthinking fit instead of just going with the best player on the board. We had Ivy as our number three overall player and Murray as our nine overall player. He just doesn't have the upside to warrant this selection. Kristen Peak, Yahoo Sports, grade A. It was clear that the Kings were zeroing in on Murray at the beginning of the week. He had a strong workout with them leading up to the draft and is a nice complimentary piece to Davion Mitchell and De'Aaron Fox. The Kings haven't had much luck drafting bigs, but Murray's hybrid role to switch off the wing to the post will bring versatility in the front court. All right, so Sam Vicini, Vicini and John Hollinger of The Athletic. Vicini's ranking eight. Hollinger said he would have picked Jaden Ivey. Said, I buy Murray becoming an impactful and probably starter quality NBA player who puts up numbers as a scorer. He's going to knock down shots, attack closeouts, and take advantage of any leverage-based mismatch he gets. Tobias Harris is the current NBA player I see most when I watch Murray. He is at his best when keeping things simple with no frills. Murray will push the ball in transition, catch and shoot, make the occasional mid-post self-created bucket, and hit opposing guards on post-mismatches. I also buy him as a shooter from all over the court in a variety of situations, meaning coaches will be able to move him around. Ultimately, his value will come down to whether he can be a switch guy on defense who can at least hold up at the point of attack, even if he's not a lockdown stopper. Hollinger's team fit. Another surprise at the top four, the consensus pick here was Purdue's Jaden Ivey, but the Kings went with the better roster fit of Murray instead. The Kings only had one real forward on the roster, and Murray's effortless bucket getting will help them in the short term, especially if new coach Mike Brown runs a similar system to Golden State's. But this is a pretty big windfall to Detroit right behind them, who I expect to count, uh, pounce on Ivey at number five. If you listen to my podcast on a regular basis or you listen to my radio show in Sacramento, you've heard Aaron Torres on with me often. He is from Fox Sports. I absolutely love his knowledge and his expertise when it comes to college basketball and college football. This is how Aaron broke down the pick of Keegan Murray being drafted number four on the Aaron Torres podcast. Let's go to number four, and again, I swear, I'm not going pick by pick, but I, I, I think it was really interesting to me. I think all six of the first six picks, they just worked out so well for the six teams that were picking. So number one is Paolo Bancaro to Orlando. Number two is Chet Holmgren to OKC. Number three is Jabari Smith to Houston. Number four was where it got interesting, because we've talked a little bit about the Sacramento Kings over the last couple weeks. I have a lot of good media friends up in Sacramento, and they, to me, were really the inflection point of this draft, and let me explain why. They are a team, you know, I talk about Orlando having no playoff success. Sacramento hasn't even been to the playoffs since 2006, and my understanding of what's going on in Sacramento is that this offseason, everybody in that building was given an edict. You guys got to make the playoffs next year. And so it's an interesting deal, again, different from Orlando, different from Houston, different from OKC, and why the Kings were so fascinating was because they could go in a million different directions. They could trade the pick for veteran help. They could go with the best player available, which I think we all thought was going to be Jaden Ivey if that was the case. 
or they could go with a guy that actually fits a need because, again, you have to win next year. You don't have time to develop a long-term player. You maybe don't even have the opportunity to take the best player available in Jaden Ivey because he kind of is redundant with your best player in De'Aaron Fox. And so Sacramento, I thought actually smartly, and I know it's easy to criticize the Sacramento Kings. I know they've been a mess forever, but I thought they smartly drafted Keegan Murray from Iowa. He was a kid who really developed this past season, had an incredible year leading Iowa to a Big Ten title. And what I like about him is a few different things. First of all, just a really, really talented player that got so much better over the course of his freshman to sophomore year. He is a little bit older, and that does matter, and that is important. But what I like about Keegan Murray is that he was a guy, it was just so fascinating to watch him develop over the course of his two years at Iowa. Because his first year, you go back to when his first year at Iowa averaged seven points, three and a half or five rebounds per game, and really was a role player alongside the national player of the year, Luca Garza. Remember him, two-time follower of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. And then this year, he developed into an absolute star. 24 points per game, uh, nine rebounds per game, 40% three-point shooting. And so this is why I like this pick for Sacramento. And I swear, I'm not usually this nice where I like everybody's picks. But they have a specific need. Like I said, their two best players, De'Aaron Fox at point guard and DeMontis Sabonis, if you may remember him, he played at Gonzaga. He is a center. The one thing they needed was kind of a, a, a foreman who could stretch the floor, who could hit some threes, who would defend, who would play a role. And that's why I like this pick. You could have gotten Jaden Ivey and we would have all patted you on the back and said you got the best player available. But instead, they get a guy that they can plug in right away. And what I really like about Keegan Murray is that he is a guy that throughout his career has played a role. He was a role player in year one, which means that he will be comfortable being a role player in year one in Sacramento next year. I should say he was a role player in year one at Iowa and will be comfortable being a role player in Sacramento next year. So that's why I like this pick, because he fills a need that you have next year in a win or everybody gets fired situation. And over time, he could become a star because we saw him do it at Iowa. Again, those were the comments from Aaron Torres, and you can check out his uh, podcast, Aaron Torres Podcast. It is outstanding, and he has a wealth of knowledge. He breaks down all the other lottery picks as well. A couple of things. If the Kings drafted for need instead of best overall talent, then they made a huge blunder. I have talked about this for many, many years, going back to Joe Klein when they could have drafted Carl Malone, but they already had a good power forward in Otis Thorpe. And there have been many instances of the Kings making a mistake in that department, most recently taking Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic because they didn't feel that Luka was a good fit with De'Aaron Fox. When you are a bad basketball team, and make no mistake about it, the Sacramento Kings are a bad basketball team, you always should take best available talent. I don't care if it's a guard and you already have five guards that you like, you draft a guard. So, if, indeed, if Ivy was on the Kings board as the best available talent when the pick came to them at number four, and then they changed and went with the best fit, they made a mistake. All right? Now, I don't know what was on the board in their draft room, so I can't say for sure. What I will say is that I agree with a lot of what Aaron Torres said, except for 
a good move because you drafted for fit. I don't ever like drafting a player for fit when you're a bad team. You should always take best available player. Something else that Aaron Torres said that I agree wholeheartedly. I believe Monty McNair has been giving an edict. I believe that that did happen. Uh, My source tells me it 100% has been told to Monty McNair that they need to make the playoffs this year, and if not, they're going to go in a different direction. I also think that would be a mistake. You just hired a new head coach. You just gave him a multi-year deal in Mike Brown. The last thing you need to be doing is bringing a new general manager in after this year. But we are talking about the Sacramento Kings, so nothing would surprise us. However, I believe with Aaron Torres, I think he is spot on. I've actually talked about this on recent episodes, whether it was my Listen App show or on my podcast. I believe that Monte McNair has been given an edict by Kings owner Vivek Ranadive, and it's very simple. You need to make the playoffs this coming season. Now, in that sense, I do believe that Murray is better suited for the Kings moving up the ladder a little bit in the West this year than would be Jaden Ivey. However, and I've gone over this time and time again, if we leave the six top teams in the West aside, okay, and we start at number seven and we analyze Minnesota, who are you taking? You're going to take the Minnesota roster or are you taking Sacramento's roster? Okay, I think we know the answer to that question. Let's move on to number eight. Are you taking the Clippers roster or are you taking Sacramento's roster? Remember who's coming back to the Clippers this year who did not play at all last year? Kawhi Leonard. I think we know the answer to that question. Let's go to number nine, the New Orleans Pelicans. Are you taking their roster and maybe a Zion Williamson coming back this year? Or are you taking Sacramento's roster? I know which way I'm going. I'm taking the Pelicans roster. Number 10, San Antonio. Now, this would be an interesting debate. I could see you taking Sacramento's roster over San Antonio's. I think it is a toss-up. Now, let's look at the other teams that were behind Sacramento. Look at Portland. All right? Look at what they've done this week. They pick up Jeremy Grant for a 2025 first-round pick, right? They look like a team that could be as good or better than Sacramento. I think when you look at Oklahoma City, they're going to be better. Houston's going to be better, although I'm not saying I would put those teams ahead of Sacramento. But again, when I talk about making the playoffs this year, how are the Kings going to make the playoffs? Who are they better than? Again, I, I, don't, I don't see it happening. I really don't. So based on what Aaron Torres said and what I've always believed, you never take a player for best fit. You take best player available on the board when you're a bad team. With that said, I think Murray will be a good player for Sacramento. I don't have a problem with him being selected by the Sacramento Kings, and I think Kings fans are going to really enjoy watching him play. But I've been wrong before. I was wrong on Marvin Bagley, and he was the second player taken in the draft, and as we all know, he's not even on Sacramento anymore. I've talked about Thomas Robinson. I've talked about Jimmy Friday. All right, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop right there. I don't want to ruin your weekend, so you understand where I'm coming from. Time will tell. Give it a couple of years, but this guy appears to be as NBA-ready as any player taken in the draft yesterday. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around 
different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash grant. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay. It is now time for our CrowdUltra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com and maybe I will answer your question on my next podcast. Zach wants to know, are the Celtics one of the best run organizations in sports. Now, I don't really have a true understanding of their front office. I thought Danny Ainge did a great job. We know about the legacy, you know, way back with Red Auerbach. They've always been well-run as a franchise. I mean, all you got to do is look up into the rafters and look at all of their banners. So, yeah, they probably are one of the best-run organizations. I hate to say that because they're Boston, but, yes, I would agree with that. Casey wants to know, do you agree with John Gruden's lawyers saying Roger Goodell and the NFL are selectively transparent? I sure do. I think they are very selectively transparent. So I didn't see Gruden's lawyers say that about Goodell in the NFL, but I would agree with that. Trevor wants to know, as a broadcaster, how do you feel about so many former players doing it? I don't have a problem with all, at all. I have a problem by just assuming because you played a sport that you're going to be good on the air. I mean, we all know that is just not true. I mean, there were a lot of former athletes that, try to go on the broadcasting and, you know, some nitwit who has no understanding of sports broadcasting goes, oh, yeah, we're going to hire them because they have a name and they're going to be really good and they turn out to be terrible. Drew Brees was not terrible, but he wasn't network quality. And where's Drew Brees right now? He's not working at NBC. I don't understand a lot of our network executives who are supposed to be so knowledgeable when it comes to sports broadcasting. I I just don't see it. There are a lot more mistakes that are made than success stories. And you can turn on any local team in any sport, and it's pretty easy to tell when an individual is good and when an individual is not good. Very good question. Rob wants to know, you've been playing golf lately? Well, I was just playing in Christopher Mandog Russo's member guest tournament at the beautiful Shorehaven Golf Club in uh, East Norwalk, Connecticut. We played 27 holes on Friday, and we played 18 on Saturday. Does that count? Tom wants to know, should uh, Nazem Kadri's overtime goal counted 
some camera angles showed six skaters on the ice. By the letter of the law, no, it should not have. Here's what I do know. Colorado dominated the overtime. It was absolutely dominated. And the extra skater that did appear to be on the ice had absolutely no bearing at all on the goal by Kadri. So I'll answer it that way. I'll answer it that way. Luke wants to know, what's your take on pitchers muddying baseballs? Bottom line is, if you're doctoring the baseball in any way, shape, or form, you're cheating. There you go. Freddie wants to know, what percentage of NFL players do you think have played high like Darren Waller recently admitted to? Depends on how you define high. Um, What percentage? I would have no idea, but I don't think it would be an aberration. I'll put it to you that way. Chris wants to know, would you rather have Tyreek Hill or OBJ? Are you serious, Chris? Are we really having this conversation? I mean, this is not even... I I don't know why you would choose Tyreek Hill versus OBJ. It's not even close. I would take Tyreek Hill every single day of the week and then again tomorrow. Brandon wants to know, do you agree with Peter Schrager from the NFL Network saying the Jets are the most improved team this offseason? On paper? Yeah, they probably are. But as we uh, all know, the games aren't played on paper, and a lot depends on the maturation process of Zach Wilson. But, yeah, I do think they became a better football team. Absolutely. Tony wants to know, do I think DeAndre Hopkins will get his suspension reduced? He might. He might. It's still going to be a lengthy one, but, yes, I, I could see that happening. David wants to know, how do you think Draymond Green and Michael Jordan would have meshed if they were on the same team? They would have been fine because Draymond doesn't need the ball to be effective. He plays defense. He rebounds. Uh, I don't think Michael Jordan would have had any problem. He probably would have loved having Draymond Green as his teammate. He would not have appreciated or liked Draymond Green's antics. He would not have liked all of his technical fouls. He would not have liked Draymond getting suspended for a game five in the NBA Finals like he did a couple of years ago against Cleveland. But on the court, as a basketball player, for the most part, I think he would have loved playing with him. Absolutely. Reed wants to know who is the starting quarterback with the worst arm in the league. You know what, Reed? Every quarterback that starts in the National Football League is at the very top of their game. And I'm not really a guy that needs a quarterback with a strong arm. I need a quarterback that's accurate. So if you can have a strong arm and be accurate, that's a win-win. But I think we make too big of a deal about that. I think we make too big of a deal about pro golfers and the, as the announcers say, a good striker of the golf ball. Who on the PGA Tour is not a good striker of the golf ball? Have you ever watched PGA golf? You know, turn on a tournament this weekend. And you say to yourself, boy, he doesn't really hit the ball well. No, of course not. You know why? They all hit the ball well. Okay? Like a good striker of the golf ball. How stupid is that? You know, you, you think there are quarterbacks that are starting in the National Football League that don't have good arms? Come on. I've never understood that. Josh wants to know, have I been paying any attention to Formula One? No, I do not watch Formula One. Corey wants to know, will the Suns be able to keep Aiton? You know what, Corey? It's the next big story in the NBA. It's a very good question. I will say yes. But, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. All right, let's get to Colby. Do the Yankees look like a team that could win a World Series this year? Colby, you're not serious, are you? Do they look like a team? That could win a World Series? Hello? They already have over 50 wins. They're running away and hiding with the American League East. Uh, they're hitting on all cylinders. They got starting pitching. They got a bullpen. They got a murderous lineup. Come on now, Cor- Colby. Of course they look like a team. 
And if they don't win the World Series, in my opinion, it will be another disappointing season for the New York Yankees. And that is the questions. Thanks to CrowdUltra. Again, just go to CrowdUltra.com, and maybe I'll answer your question on Tuesday's podcast. It's time for Grant. Can we please get the National Football League to make a ruling on Deshaun Watson for crying out loud. You know, I don't know if the NFL realizes this, but it's almost July and training camps are going to start in a couple of weeks. How much more information do you need? And how long does an investigation take? What the hell is the delay for? Come on. Come on out and let us know what's going to happen with Watson. I don't think he's going to be on the field at all this year. I really don't. And we know what happened in the last, what, two weeks? He comes out a week ago Tuesday and says that he's innocent and these allegations are false, and he didn't do anything wrong. And then a week later, he's paying off 20 of the 24 women in a settlement. I mean, come on, NFL, make your ruling, would you please? There's no mystery here. We already know what's going on. There's no reason for a delay. Let everyone know in the NFL what the hell's going on with Deshaun Watson. Again, I'll be surprised if he steps onto the field this year. I don't see it happening. I really don't. Hey, hope you had a great week. Make it a better weekend. Thank you so much, as always, for listening to my podcast. I appreciate your support. And if you listen to Apple Podcasts, do me a favor. Just take a moment and rate the podcast and leave a review. It would mean the world to me. Thanks so much. And again, this is Grant Napier saying so long if you don't like that. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.